Hello everyone, I'm Shalina, the Children's and Youth Program Director here at Impact Life Church. Welcome or welcome back to Impact Life Church's online experience. After the message, it would be great if you could take a moment to like this video or subscribe. But most importantly, we hope that what you hear impacts you so that you can go and impact generations for Jesus. Well, good evening, everyone. We're so glad you're here. How many of you are just glad to be in church this evening? Man, we love it. And those of you that this is your first time here, we extend a big welcome to you. You belong here. And just welcome to our living room service. And it's not like your typical Sunday morning service. That was never the intention of it. Saturday night, the heartbeat behind all that was to be a living room, to be something that would feel different. You know, you can throw out a different net and receive different people as well. And so how many of you enjoying Saturday night living rooms? Man, you know, I'm enjoying it because I don't have to, I, I can sit. Man, this is great. Just need a cup of coffee and then we're good to go. But uh, we're so glad you're here. And it's so fun just to come around in this setting and, man, just talk about Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's one of my favorite things to talk about is talk about Jesus, His Word, who He is, and what He's able to do. And uh, how many know that we serve a living God? He's not dead. He is fully alive, and He's here to meet you right where you're at. I believe that. I've been spending time just praying over this weekend services. And I know that God has got a word for you. He's got clarity for you and direction. I know that with all my heart. I, I keep saying it because as we talked last week, we're acknowledging every good thing that is in us. Because how many remember we talked last week about you already got it? Remember, say this with me. I already got it. Now, whatever it is, well, it's up to you. But for me, I need wisdom. So I already got it. It's already in me. I'm not trying to get God to do something for me. He already gave it for me. So now I'm acknowledging every good thing that's already in me because I'm in Christ Jesus. Right? Does that make sense? You know, that's finally mine. And if you weren't here for that message, then I encourage you, please go watch our podcast. If you're thinking, what on earth is this guy talking about? Well, hit the podcast up and you'll find out what we talked about last week. It was good. Right. Thank you for the one, two people that just thought so. The rest of you, huh? whatever, we'll figure that out. But if you got your Bibles, I want you just to turn with me to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. And I mean, if you got your Bibles, if you got your phone, your iPad. And uh, how, many use, how many of you actually use a phone for your Bible? Does a lot of people do that? Yeah, a lot of people. Okay, I thought so. It is cool. But for me, I like to go old school. This to me, this is, I call this my rapture Bible. Because it, uh, it cost me a lot of money for one. But it's made out of goat skin. So when I bought it, all I did was smell it. So I just bought it and it smells delicious. Now, I don't know about you. If you don't know me, I'm, I really like leather. I'm a big leather guy. That's what I'm talking about. I got a few leather folk in the house. I was in Italy, like this is a few years ago. I was in uh, Firenze or Florence for you non-Italian folk. And in Florence, man, they had a leather market. Now we were just staying, just, we were about three or four blocks away from this leather mar market. And I remember just waking up and you could smell genuine leather that morning. We woke up, I meant, this is part of what heaven's going to smell like. I know it. And man, I remember I stocked up on cowhide. As much as I could find leather-wise that they would allow me to bring back on the airplane, I did. My shoes are pure leather. So if anybody wants to smell my shoes afterwards, I promise you, they're good. They smell, real, they smell really good. <laughs> I promise. So you can sniff me later. Uh, but what we've been talking about this whole entire, we're going to just wrap up today what we've been talking about since January. And I'm glad that the Lord, we just took our time on that. Because I remember saying at the very beginning, I don't know how the Lord's going to lead us on all of it. But I know it's been good. It's been helpful for me just to study this and hear again what the Lord wants to say. So we're going to conclude uh, our series today on Rooted, on these, uh, on grace and faith. And that's what we've been talking about all this time. Because again, how do you have a relationship with heaven, with God? It's by grace through faith. Grace, again, is everything that God has already provided. Faith is simply a response to what grace has already done, right? So when grace says, you are healed, faith responds, thank you, I receive it. Not, I'm trying to get it, right? When God says, I love you, you don't go, thank you. No, I love you. It's just a simple response. Grace says, you are blessed. Faith says, thank you, I believe it, I receive it. Grace says that you have favor everywhere you go. Faith goes, I believe it, I receive it, right? So it's just simply response, and that's how we need to learn how to work with God. It's not me trying to get God to do something. Faith is simply already a response. We've got to understand that faith is a response to what God has already done for you and I. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, and just again to tie this up, it says this, very simple, and everybody knows these scriptures. It says, for we walk, How? By faith. Everybody say, by faith. by faith. And then what, how do we not walk? By sight. 
So we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, I know these are very familiar scriptures, but I really want us to capture this because why is faith so important? I mean, from what I see in the Bible, it's not just a topic. Faith is the lifestyle that Christians, no matter where you're, where you're from, no matter where part of the country you're from, every Christian, when you've been called out by God, He chose you. Now, He chose you to live a particular way. And what is that lifestyle? As we see, well, here it says, by faith. But if you see it in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, it says it Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38, say the same phrase, that the just shall live by faith. Now, who are the just? Yeah, we are. What does it mean to be just? Justified, declared right by God, as if you've never done a thing wrong. God declares that over you. He says, you're right. So the moment in saying you're, you're right, he has now authorized you to live a different way than the world. Right? And how does the world live? By sight. Right? So what we're doing here is we're learning to live by faith. While you're here, what church is all about is we're learning to live this lifestyle of faith. When you get into the Word of God, it's learning to live by faith. Now, again, I just want to really clarify a few things in here. It's a transition from sight and emotion to now living by what God has already said. Now, I sat down with my boys this afternoon and I said, Okay, boys, talk to me. I asked them this question. I said, Okay, guys, what does it mean? If you feel this certain way, maybe you're not, you know, this is how you're feeling, this is what's going on, you feel a little bit sad, you didn't get the purple cup that you were asking for. But are we going to live this way? Or are we going to live by what God says? Well, and they know the right answers because they're pastor's kids, so they better say, we're going to live by what God says. And then I just asked them, why would you live by what God says? I'm going to give you their answers. Okay, I did it separately. So with Jace, he said this to me, Jace, because God is truth. And he said it just like that, because he's truth. Okay, nailed it. Then I asked Max. Max said, because Jesus is right all the time, Papa. <laughs> nailed it, man. That's exactly what it is. But what I want to just clearly, just clarify for you now, because when you hear the words, for we walk by faith, not by sight, it doesn't mean that you ignore or you diminish your emotion. It doesn't say that anything about that. All it's saying is that we don't live by it. Because a lot of times people, especially, you know, when you start studying faith, you can kind of go, well, no, then I'm not, I have no emotion, I have no emotion, I have no feelings. Well, then you're not human. And then you're kind of weird. It says we walk by faith, not by sight, meaning we don't kill our emotions. God gave you emotions. How many of you are thankful for them? I, man, I'm thankful for emotions. I'm just glad that we don't have to be led by it. This is all that he's saying. So we don't live by how we feel. We don't live by natural circumstances. We live by what God has said. That's all he's asking for, right? So I want to just take some time just to clearly lay this off. And so living by faith. Really, Jesus said in John 6, 63, he said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. So he, whenever you read the Bible, whenever we get into it, he's talking to you and I from a different realm, right? He's not talking to you from a natural perspective, right? Because you may go, oh man, I'm not feeling very good. So when I hear by his stripes, I'm healed. Yeah, but, but I don't feel that way because he's not talking to you from a natural perspective. It'll affect the natural, but he's talking to you from a higher realm, which is the spiritual realm, which you and I are a part of. You is a spirit, right? So whenever you read the word of God, understand this. It's not talking to you from a natural place. It's talking to you from the highest realm, which is the spiritual realities and truths, right? Yeah, we're all good? Okay. So let's just talk a little bit about sight or emotionally driven lifestyle. What, what is to be driven by sight, to be driven by emotion, what kind of living is that? Up and down, carnal, unstable. Come on, somebody. Anybody else want to amen on that one, man? It's just waves. You are up one day. This is amazing. Only all of a sudden a circumstance hits you. This day is horrible. And you are, yeah, oh, yeah, oh. And you're just a wreck. What's going on with me? And that is not God's will for your life. I am so thankful that God gave us his word so we can live like this. Consistent, steady, no matter what happens. Right? Okay. And you know, I, just, I was just spending some time thinking on this. But sight or emotionally driven lifestyle, as was said, it's external circumstances dictate how I live. So whatever happens out here, and I want you to really think about it, what happens out here, what the government does, what my job does, what my paycheck says, determines how I'm living. And that can be very frustrating. It can be awesome. It can be extremely depressing. Right? So that's why we don't live in it. And the second part of it is, excuse me, this type of living has the potential to be influenced by the enemy. Who's out in this natural realm? 
The devil is in this natural realm, and he can move and shift things around, can he not? Right? So you can yell at me, this is the living room, right? So you can just do feel free. But we're, we're in this zone, when the, the, in operating naturally, operating by emotions. The enemy is out here, right? And he can change things up. He can dictate things. And so really, if, you don't, if you're not careful of your emotions, you can actually see that the enemy is actually leading your life. Just simply by what's going on out here. Can, can you, does that make sense? Just you know, one of those or a, you know, a high five or something. And as I said, feelings are great to have, but they are not good leaders. Now I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm going to read it to you from the Passion Bible. For those of you who have their phones, you can go on the Passion Translation for a sec. But I want to just answer this question, so why don't we walk by emotions, just simply everything that we just talked about, but even more importantly, why we do not walk by our emotions, we're going to find here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And this is Paul, he's saying to the Corinthian church, he said, man, I'm, when I came to you, I decided to know nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and trembling, but I came to preach the wisdom of God, not so that you can trust in me, but that your trust may be in God. And so we kind of pick it up here in verse 6, and he says, However, there is a wisdom that we continually speak of when we are among the spiritually mature. It's the wisdom that didn't originate in this present age, nor did it come from the rulers of this age who are in the process of being dethroned. Verse 7 goes on to say, Instead, we continually speak of this wonderful wisdom that comes from God, hidden before, before now in a mystery. It is His secret plan, distant before the ages, to bring us into His glory. Verse 8. None of the rulers of this present world order understood it, for if they had, they never would have crucified the Lord of glory, of His shining glory. Verse 9. As it is written, the scriptures say, "...things have things never discovered or heard of before." Things beyond our ability to, under, to imagine. Things, these are the many things God has in store for all of His lovers. Now, I just want to stop there for a moment. We've heard that scripture before, and I think I'm going to just read it to you in the, the New Living Translation. 1 Corinthians 2, he says this in verse 9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Now, what's that talking about? Why do we not operate and live by our emotions or live by what we see? Because number one, you will never find out the will of God by sight. I even had an extensive conversation this past week with an individual talking to me about their experiences that they had and they saw so-and-so go through something and you know it eventually killed them. You cannot go by what experiences tell you to determine what the will of God is. But we prayed. We asked God. We knew this is what the Word says, but it didn't come through. That doesn't change God's Word. Yeah. You know, the, one of the things that helped me, and I, the, the Lord gave me some answers when I was in that situation, because, I mean, you know, that's a kind of a tricky situation when people ask these types of questions. Anybody ever encounter some of those questions before? Woo! And so one of the things, you know, Romans chapter 3, Paul said these words. He said, we are going to determine every man is a liar and God to be found true. So you always have to stick with God's Word. Always be on God's side. Well, this is, not what, this is not what I happened. I prayed and this didn't happen. That doesn't change what God's will is. Because again, you cannot determine the will of God by natural circumstances. And the whole world, even out there, even insurance companies saying acts of God. They're just trying, they're, the devil is confusing people like crazy, trying to say that God is doing all these nasty, horrible things. That's not who he is. You cannot know God by the natural things that are being around in this earth. You can only know Him by His Word. And that's why He tells us not to live by sight. Why? Because you can't dictate what His will is for you. Right? The second part to that is, why we don't walk by our emotions is because you'll miss the plan of God for your personal life. God, please send seven red cars to drive past my house. If, that's, if there's seven cars go by, then I'm going to Africa. I've had conversations like this. But guess who's out in this natural world? The enemy. So what will he try to do? He'll do his best to bring seven cars and nice cars on top of it to pass you. Oh, seven Corvettes and a Lamborghini at the end? God, it must be your will. We do not dictate the will of God by what we see naturally out here. Right? You can't. You can't choose it that way. It'll throw you for a loop. So that's why we do not spend any time Letting our emotions or the circumstances around here dictate how I'm going to live my life. So then on the opposite end, so living by faith. This then is life as God lives. 
Now, I remember I just I heard this quote this past week, but it's impossible to live like God apart from God. And I think that's probably the greatest sin in the world today. People trying to live like God apart from God. You can't do it. I even saw it in, you know, this is a, an individual said this and they're high up in a political arena. And they were, you know, saying different things of, you know, they're pro-abortion and they're pro all these kind of crazy things. And they're saying, we're doing the work of God. Now, what are you doing? You're trying to be like God apart from God. It is impossible to do. Can I say it again? It's impossible to do. No word, no understanding of God, no talkie. <laughs> you don't speak on behalf of Him, right? I'm glad we're all excited about that. Okay, so living by faith is living life as God does. The second part is the Word of God dictates how I live, and I'm completely dependent on what happens in the natural. Completely independent of it. Completely separate of it. Whatever happens out here, it doesn't move me because this is what God has said. Now this is, Jamie said this so great last week, this is a learned lifestyle. We're learning how to do this. So don't go, and I'm not quite there yet. P fine. Start where you're at, and let's just make progress on going, living this lifestyle, right? Yeah. Now if you see this over and over, you know, this is the psalmist. He said this in Psalm 119, verse 5. He said, Lord, that my actions will, would reflect your decrees. I want my life to look like your word. Now, I, that should be the heart cry of every believer, is that my word, my, my lifestyle, would look just like what this word has to say. And you know, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 4, 4. He said, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, meaning natural, natural things. But he said, rather, he lives on every word, everybody say word, that comes from the mouth of God. This is how men live. So not only, yeah, you've got to feed yourself physically, but you've got to feed yourself spiritually. And how do you do that? With the Word of God. Jeremiah 15, 16 says this, Your words, God, I found them, and I devoured them. Now, Aaron, remember this song we did in Hawaii? God's Word for breakfast, God's Word for lunch. Nom, 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 God's Word for dinner now. Lunch, lunch, lunch. Did anybody ever know that song? Do we need to sing it together? Just me and Aaron are singing it? Okay. So it goes, God's word for breakfast, God's word for lunch, God's word for dinner, now munch, munch, munch. And we just did it because that was cool back in 2005, right? Let's all say it together. God's word for breakfast, God's word for lunch, God's word for dinner, now. Some of you got to find your inner gangster. Munch, 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 munch. It's, you're free to do that now. All right, cool. But this is what Jeremiah said. He said, Lord, your words were found. Now here's the thing. Let, let the word be something that you find and you devour it. This is living by faith. The people of faith, they're hungry for the word of God. They crave it. Why? Because it's their way of living. It's not just, okay, I need to know a topic. Or, okay, Lord, I'm just going to read my little cute little devotion today. No, this is my frame of reference for life. I come here to understand how to live, how to parent, how to be a husband, how to be a father, how to pastor. It's all here. So i got to spend time in this book. So if I'm not spending time in this book, man, forget about knowing how to live godly. I'm going to, by default, if I do not know the word, by default, I will live by my emotions. Because this is the, one of the, my points that I want to get to, but the word of God is the only foundation for emotional stability. It's the only, only foundation. Because emotional stability is the evidence of spirituality. If you see somebody that has not got their emotions in check, it's not somebody who is established in the Word. That's okay. So if you're a very emotional person that's all up and down, acknowledge it. This is where I'm at. Great. Now just move forward. I'm not going to go into detail on that, but that's just for you for free. Okay. So why do I now live by the Word of God? Why is it so vital for me other than what I just laid out? Well, let me just show you from the scripture point of view again. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10. Remember we just read, But no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Listen, how many know God's got a plan for your life? How many know God's got great things for you? But guess what? What the Bible just clearly says is you cannot see it, you cannot hear it, and it can't just come into your mind. And now we find out in verse 10, But God, everybody say, But God. This is why we live by faith, because but God, He now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. So if I want to know the will of God, guess where it's going to come? It's going to be revealed to me by the Spirit. And He does that through the Word. Yes, He has revealed to us His inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit, who constantly explores all things. Just keep going with me, guys. 
After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. Now, verse 12, I love this. For we, say me, me, me did not receive the spirit of this world system, but I have received the spirit of God so that I might come and understand all things and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. You've received it. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, guess what? you got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and He now will reveal, He'll show you all those wonderful things that God has laid up for you. He's going to disclose it. That's why we live by the Word of God. Because the Word of God, you can, again, you can discern now and understand what His will is. This is God's will. God's will isn't what people say it is. God's will isn't what people think His will is. God's will is what He says it is. Let Him talk for Himself. Right? So that's number one. Secondly, then, you will know your plan for your life. That's probably the biggest question you hear is, I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, if you spend time getting into His Word, understanding what His Word says, it will be revealed to you. Because a lot of people want, I want to know what my next step is. Well, do you know what the Word has to say? Not about your life per se, but just in general. Do you know how to be living? Do you know what you need to be seeking after? Because when you know the Word, it all becomes revealed to you. Right? I'm just trying to keep this simple. Keep it simple, saying, right? See, why do I live by what God says? Thirdly, is I don't need to keep looking for a feeling to make me feel okay. I don't have to jump from conference to conference, meeting to meeting, to just feel that God loves me. I know He loves me because He told me in His Word. So rather than living by, okay, God, I haven't felt you in so long. God, just where are you? I need you to be with me. But He said, I'll never leave you. So to even pray, Lord, be with us, is a waste of breath. Why? Because he already said it. So we got to go by what the Word says. This is cool. Is this? Yeah? Okay. Got to go by that. And lastly, what I said, but the Word of God is the only foundation for emotional stability. If your emotions are haywire, let me encourage you, get into this Word and let it now dictate not just, oh, this is a nice thought or this is a nice nugget, nice little promise. Let it now control the way that you live. Remember like the psalmist, I'm going to bring my life to your Word so I can live according to what your Word says. Right? So I'm bringing it on purpose to learn to live. Okay, So and then we'll continue reading on here. Verse 13. Now I want to just show you the difference between somebody who lives by faith and who lives by sight. Paul addresses it. He said, we articulate these realities. Talk about all these the spiritual truths we just read. With the words imparted to us by the Spirit and not with the words taught by human wisdom. We join together Spirit-revealed truths with Spirit-revealed words. Someone living on an entirely human level. Now notice this, what's, in, what's at a human level? Living by sight or circumstances, emotions. They reject, and actually in the Aramaic, if you study that out, it actually says not just reject, but they do not have access to. So let's look at it that way. Someone living on an entirely human level, they're moved by what they see. They do not have access to what? The revelations of God's Spirit, for they make no sense to Him. The Word of God to a natural person will not make sense. By His stripes you're healed. Yeah, but I feel this way. That's irrelevant. Yeah, that's true. That's where you're at. That's what it feels like. I get that. But the Word of God isn't talking to you at a natural level. It's talking to you from a spiritual truth. This is who you are. So rather than me, I'm hurting and I need to get something in the Spirit to me. No, I need to realize this. This is a natural thing that the enemy's trying to hurt me or do something with. I'm a spirit being. I'm just releasing what I already have. Right? It's a little different shift, okay? Uh, going back to this person, he can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. Verse 15, those who live in the Spirit, or those who live by the Word, who live by faith, by what God says, are able to carefully evaluate all things. Now this is, a, this is some big stuff. And they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God. Verse 16 now says, for who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord Yahweh well enough to become his counselor? No one. Except for Christ has. And now notice this. And we possess what? Christ's perceptions. Other translations say we possess the mind of Christ. You have his mind. So guess what? When you possess his mind, guess what you can think like? You can think like him. Well, how do I get his thoughts? 
right here. This is God's thoughts on paper for you and I to see. What does God think about healing? What does God have to say about my marriage? What does God have to say about me financially? It's all written right here. So we've got to stop allowing everything out here to dictate to you and I who we are and what we have. Are you hearing me? This is who we are. We are who God says that we are. Why? Because I'm in Christ Jesus. Right? So this was all. That was just a title. And now we're going to finish this off. Just really getting into this living by faith. But can I just encourage you, let's, let's get so hungry for the Word of God. You know, you feed what you, sorry, what you crave, you actually feed. Right? And if you're not craving the Word of God, guess how you can start craving it? You feed yourself with it. Right? I mean, before, if you don't really like salad, yeah, right? What do you do in order to start liking salad? You start eating it. You start feeding on it, and you can actually change your taste buds. Anybody ever witness to that? Kale salad is awesome now. How do I know? Because it's served every time I go to my mom's house. Every time we have a dinner at my, my Jamie bakes it all the time. So what do we got? Kale salad. Guess what? I actually kind of like it. It's not bad now. <laughs> you know, Psalm, the psalmist again, Psalm 119. I encourage you. If anybody can memorize Psalm 119, I will give you 50 bucks. Psalm 119 verse 14, it says this. I have rejoiced in your law as much as in riches. People get excited. My Christmas bonus was 300 bucks. Wah! Awesome. But you know what the psalmist says here? I rejoice in your word as much as I do in any kind of riches. When you get to that point that, man, you get a paycheck or you get revelation from God's word, that you look at God's word and go, yes! That's the place that we want to get to, is we crave it. Then when his word comes, we devour it. So, living by faith. So this is here, we're going to just take the rest of this time to talk about living by faith. Everybody say this with me, living by faith. This is it. This is not just, you know, a different lifestyle that, you know, it'd be nice for you to use. No, God commands you to live this way. If you want to be pleasing to God, what pleases Him? Everybody, what is this? What is it? Faith. Faith pleases God. It's the only thing that pleases God is faith. So we have to understand how to live this way, how to operate this way. So why? Because I want to please Him. I want my life. I want this church. I want this ministry. Everything that we do here, I want it to be pleasing to Him. Well, how do we be pleasing to Him? We do it by faith. And this is what we're going to finish up talking about is, what's the key to this faith life? What's the key to all this? In John chapter 2, verse 4. Are you ready? I'm not feeling the love here, people. I said, are you ready? All right. John chapter 2, Jesus is at a wedding. Mary goes up to him and says, Jesus, they ran out of wine. Hook them up. Give them some more wine. Can, is there anything you can do about this? Right? Jesus said, woman, what is it to us? Not on this, this is not my time quite yet. Well, then Mary went away and she went to some servants. And in verse 4, she said this. Uh, oh, verse 5. Sorry, go to verse 5. You guys have verse 5? I think I just gave you verse 4. Well, if you got your Bibles, look at verse 5. His mother said to his servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now, this is so profound. Everybody, let's just say this together. Whatever he says to you, do it. Let's do it again. Whatever he says to you, do it. This right here is the key to your life. You don't need six steps to this and a hundred steps to be debt free and understand all these. And all those things are fine to have to, you know, add to your life and, you know, be little hints and good little suggestions and ideas. But this right here is it for your life. If you can hear from him and do what he says, what is that? That is success completely in every area of life. Now let's just look at this again. Whatever he says, do it. Okay, so number one is whatever he says. Number one, step two, do it. Now just reading this truth, seeing what Mary said to these servants. Now you just think about it. Mary knew something's up with Jesus. This, this is my son. He's something else. Like when everybody says, your mama says you're special. Mary could actually say that. <laughs> There's something about this guy. Every time, I mean, he's just, he's just different. There's something about him. And up to this time, Jesus hadn't performed many miracles. So she's going by, man, what she's heard from the Lord, all of them. And she's kept these things hidden in her heart all these years. So she said to these servants, whatever he tells you, you do it. Now, anybody have ever, any family member, or you see other people, whatever they say, just ignore them. Don't, don't pay attention to what they got to say. Anybody got a family member like that? Well, Jesus is the complete opposite, okay? Everything he says, do it. 
<laughs> okay? We got to get this. We have to be so clear on this. Because this right here, we're going to find out this is where also people miss it. This is the key to it, but this is also where people miss it. But in reading this truth, I want to just first off mention, don't mess up the order. It doesn't say do it, and then whatever he says. He says, whatever he says, then you do. So don't start doing unless you've heard something. So don't mess up the order. <laughs> Number two, when I see this, whatever he says, do it. To me, it says this, that it requires a living, up-to-date relationship with the Lord. It is a lifestyle. It's something that I don't, oh, I heard this 15 years ago and oh, I'm still working on it. Or this is what he told me. What is he telling you today? So this shows me that God is interested in an up-to-date living relationship with you right now. Thirdly, is that the Lord will lead you where your faith is, not where you pretend to be. Okay? He is going to meet you. I love this. In Matthew chapter 11, in the Ben Campbell Johnson, it's a paraphrase Bible. He says this, he took the words of Jesus and he kind of just expounded on a little bit, but he said it like this, that the Lord, Jesus, he said this, I am willing to relate to you at your own rate. I'm willing to work with you at your own rate. And uh, I think that's vital for us to know <laughs> because, for an example, Abraham, we all know Abraham. He tried, you know, he's going to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Remember that? Did he start there? Did God all of a sudden appear before him and say, Hey, Isaac, I want you to kill, or Abraham, I want you to kill Isaac on the altar. And uh, yeah, giddy up. If God were to say that to him right off, the, right off the bat, would he be able to do it? No. So where did Abraham's faith life start? Leave your family. So God will meet you where you're at. He will, he will work with you to the degree that you're at, not where you think you are. So how do I become a faith giant? Hear, obey. Hear, obey, in the smallest of things. If he says to me, hey, just I want you to get up 30 minutes earlier. I heard it, I'm going to obey it. Those little things over time add up. Before you know it, he's asking you to go, I want you to give a million dollars. I don't know. <laughs> You're not ready for that yet. But if you were at that place, you could hear that and go, no problem, Lord, I'm ready to do it. Yeah. See, it all comes by this. So a lot of people are thinking, oh, I, I saw so-and-so do this. Now I'm going to do that. No, no, no. Hear where you're at. He's willing to relate and talk to you at your own pace. Man, I love that about him. He's so intimate with all of his kids. He's not expecting me to be up at Colton Standard. Thank God for that. Could you imagine that? All of a sudden, you know, I, I see Colton do this, and this is how he's offering. I guess I better do the same thing. And me fail because I try to see somebody else do it. That is not the faith life. You have ears for yourself, right? Okay. So, and just a quick reality that I just want to make mention here, just to plug in is that we don't receive according to God's perfect will. We receive according to our faith or where you're at. You receive according to where you're at, not God's perfect will. Is that making sense? Yeah, okay. So again, why is this so important? Whatever he tells you, no matter how small it may be, just do it. Just do it. Because over time, as you start to hear and do, you're going to grow. You're going to start seeing things. God's going to start revealing things to you in a greater way. But right now, just wherever you're at, it may be step 10. You may be at step 1. Regardless of where you're at, hear and obey. Right? Okay. i got to get that in there because it's so vital. How many people try doing this and they fall flat on their face? Well, so-and-so did this and this is what I heard this person say. It's regardless. What has Jesus told you? What has he told you? If he told you it, now you can act on that, right? Okay. So now, as I said, just as we see how important it is to hear and do, we can see where people have missed it in their walk and in their faith walk with God. So number one is this. Two areas where people have failed to live by faith. Number one is presumption. Or, in other words, they're acting without the word. They didn't hear from the Lord. They're simply acting. So what is this? So acting on something that you have not heard, you either saw someone do it or you assumed an answer or this is what you've done in the past. This is how I received my healing last time or this is how I received wisdom last time so I'm going to just do the same thing. You're already acting without actually hearing. And that's called presumption and that will not work. <laughs> As we've read this, Hebrews 11:29. I think I have this, yeah. We read this in about the children of Israel last week. But it says this, it was by faith... Now, whenever you hear the words faith, I want you to automatically go hear it. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Sorry, whatever he tells you, do it. 
So when I say faith, you automatically should go hear and do. So it was by faith, hearing and doing. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. Then it says, but when the Egyptians tried, they presumed, they tried it. What happened? They all drowned. They tried to do what Israel did. God, if, 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 if Pharaoh was listening to what God was saying, God is saying, turn around. You turn. Turn around. Now. 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 Didn't pay attention. He is continuing to go. <laughs> Moses can do that. Let's go. Let's go chase after him. And they were all drowned. Well, it's the same way with you and my lifestyle. If you and I presume something or assume, oh, this is just the way it's going to be, the potential for you falling on your face is quite high. <laughs> if he didn't tell you, don't just start acting. Right? So again, this is where we have to place a high importance on hearing in your life. You're, if you can just see this, my entire existence depends on me hearing from the Lord. I depend on my... This is why my time with the Lord is so valuable and sacred to me. Nobody interrupts Jesus' Joel time. Nobody. Everybody say, nobody. You need to have that. You need to have Jesus and your time. Why? So that He can talk to you and lead you in where you need to go. Because if you don't hear, what are we acting on? Then we're living by sight. We're living by the external circumstances that are happening around again. So you're in your life and your hearing ability is vital for you. Right? Okay. Let's talk a little bit further on this. There is no substitute to hearing from God. There is none. Faith comes by hearing the Word, listening to the Word. That's how faith comes, right? We talked about that last week. Faith comes how? By hearing. So we don't pray for faith. God, I, can you please give me faith? Nowhere in the Bible do you see God or the disciples asking God, can you just give us some faith? They ask us, Lord, increase our faith. Well, how do you do that? By hearing and hearing. And after you've heard it, you keep hearing it. Encourage. If you've heard some messages over and over, keep watering it with the same word over and over. I've heard healing before. Hear it again. Hear it again. Because the more that you hear it, the more that you're listening to it, faith comes that way. So your entire existence is dependent on you hearing it. Right? Don't ever get tired of hearing God's word. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Oh, I know that verse. Right at that point, you've stopped hearing it may have gone in and one out the other, but you've stopped actually listening to what the Lord wants to show to you. Because how I many know that in that 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it's simply, we live by faith, not by sight. Did you know that there's more to it than what I just said? There is so much more to that. God could open up a whole new world in those seven words right there that could just, boom, change the way that you're living. So don't ever just say that, oh, I've heard that before, because you haven't. <laughs> I'm glad that we're okay. Now I want you just to look at, I got it here on the screen, Proverbs chapter 4. But just to, again, I want to encourage us to place a high importance on hearing in my life. No matter what, what are you listening to? Who's feeding you? Are you listening to the news all the time? Are you listening to what Facebook pod or, you know, all the high thoughts of the day are? What is going in? Because no matter what, you're getting information from someone, from something. So who is feeding you? Who is putting words into your heart? Who is putting words into your mind? Because it is affecting you whether you realize it or not. Right? Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20. This is again now the Holy Spirit through Solomon relaying these words. He said, look at this. Listen carefully, my dear children. Any parents ever say that to their kids? Man, just, listen, just pay attention. Listen up real close. Why well, he's trying to get something to you. Listen. This is where it all begins. Listen carefully to everything that I teach you and pay attention. Everybody say, pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention to what? All that I have to say. Focus on it. Fill your thoughts with what? My words. Until what? They penetrate deep into your spirit. So just because I read one promise today, that's not going to sustain me in life. Your entire existence depends on you hearing. So he's encouraging you. Man, let this word penetrate deep into your heart. And notice this. Then, and I love this word, as you unwrap my words. And there's been times I do word studies, but I just pull that word completely apart and then the Lord just sews it all back together in me to see it in a different light. Unwrap all these words. What will happen? They will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. 
People constantly, oh, I need healing for this. And oh, my, my soul is so messed up in this. My question is, where's your word intake? Well, I read a scripture last Sunday. That is going to absolutely destroy you. Like this is life and death here, people. Especially as we get closer and closer to the Lord coming. You and I as believers, it says in the word, it's going to get harder and harder for people to live in this world. So what does that mean for us? Well, the only way we shine brighter and brighter is if this word is penetrating deep in our heart. I said this last week, I'm going to say it again. But people that live by faith, meaning they hear and they do, don't have to change their lifestyle. If you live by your emotions, you're going to have to change by your next paycheck. You get fired in a month from now, guess what? You're like, oh dear God. But if you're living by faith, you don't have to change because your existence isn't made up on, I need paychecks, I need all this. Now those are all, that's how we live. But I'm talking, Jesus said this, you will live by what you hear and what you do. So spend time in his word. Like I know for myself, I'm getting convicted. Even as I'm speaking to you, my job is to get into this more and more. Not seek how I can get more and more stuff, more and more money, more and more savings. No, my job is, and I'm not talking about being stupid with money either. I'm talking about, Lord, I need to hear from you. What do you want me to do in every area of my life? Parenting, marriage, finances, health, eating. God, talk to me. Show me. Right? He's got to be the instigator on that. Then verse 23. Then he says, above all. So this is why he's saying all these things. Hear my words. Pay attention to it. Because above all, you've got to guard the affections of your heart, for they will affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellsprings of life. So what you're hearing, whether you realize it or not, you are responding to what you've heard. If it's, oh, this is, you know, this is what's going on in the government. This is the decision that they're making. They want to do, add this bill, take this out. They want to change this. What's happening? Fear is coming in. Now you're making decisions based on fear. And it's affecting, like every word that's coming in, it's affecting your heart. Oh, the, the, the market in Alberta is going so low and things are going to be happening. What's it doing? The message of coming out is fear, fear, panic, anxiety. Hold on. Don't do anything else. Just sit. What do you got? Don't, don't, don't do anything crazy. When God may be telling you, give, expand, extend, do more. But you won't be able to hear that because ah, ah, my heart has been so open to every word that's coming out here and I'm not guarding it. So the result is, I live a fear lifestyle. Then again goes on, verse 24. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words no matter what. I think that's all that I got. Verse 24. Awesome. Because when I hear from words, so number one is where people may miss it in their faith life, is presumption. They're acting without hearing first. Because when you hear from God, what happens when you hear from God? What comes? Faith. But when you got faith... What, like, what, what do you got on the inside of you? You got this confidence. Man, God said, I want you to go do this. Let's go. You are ready for it. I mean, if you read Hebrews 11, by faith, so hearing and doing, you see all these different amazing men and women of God who did astounding things. Well, how could they do the, in the impossible? Do the amazing? They heard it, then they did it. Like, you just read it. David, no 17-year-old kid just wants to go out there, uh, and he just went out there, did it. Why? Because he knew that his God was in covenant with him. Yeah. Like there's just some knowing. There's the impossible can be done when you hear and do, not just doing. Yeah. So then the second aspect of it now is passiveness. So you may presume acting without hearing. The second one now is passiveness. You heard, but you didn't do. So sometimes people are just waiting for something to happen. God told me this, and I'm just waiting for the answer to come. That's, that won't work either. <laughs> okay. James chapter 2, verse 20. But I'll just say this, but what you've heard, it needs to be expressed. What God speaks to you, what He reveals to you, what He shares with you, it has to be expressed. And it can be expressed in numerous ways. It can be when God tells you something, you can declare it. You can actually go out and start doing what He told you to do. Like Jesus told them, fill these pots, these seven containers with water. There was action involved. Right? They heard it, then they did it, then they poured it out. What happened? The greatest wine came out. So James chapter 2, verse 20, it says, uh, Feeble sons of Adam, don't you need further evidence that faith divorced from good works is phony? So he's saying, if you just hear it, no action, it's phony. Wasn't our ancestor Abraham found righteous before God because of his works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Can't you see how his action cooperated with his faith or his hearing, and by his action, faith found its full 
expression. Everybody say full expression. We don't want just part expression. It needs fullness. So now you've heard something. Confidence came. Dun, 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 dun. You're ready to go. But now I'm just waiting for things to happen. I, it just didn't seem right. I, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to look stupid. I, what if it doesn't work? No, no, no. you got to fully go out and launch out and say, Lord, I'm all in. I'm doing it. So it is this way. Scripture was fulfilled because Abraham believed God. His faith was exchanged for God's righteousness. So he became known as the lover of God. Verse 24. So now it's clear that a person is seen as righteous in God's eyes, not merely by faith, meaning by hearing alone, but by his works. Okay? And the same is true of the prostitute named Rahab, who was found righteous in God's eyes by her what? By her works. She heard something and she did it. Now notice, for she received the spies into her home and helped them escape from the city by another route. So now this is the last verse. For just as a human body without the spirit is a dead corpse, so faith without the expression of good works is dead. You have to express what you heard. God tells you, man, you're getting out of debt this year. Go, you know, go for a lap. Woo! Go for a lap! Whatever he tells you to do, do it! You got to start, this is, can you see that? But a lot of times people don't want to launch out because, well, I don't want to look stupid. And you know, No, you have to boldly, confidently go out. Right? You cannot be Canadian and operate this way. We're kingdom people. So when, when you express your faith, guess what? It is expressed. We're not here to be shy about it. We're here to boldly proclaim it. Right? Okay. Now, just to give a really cool example of this. Uh, Matthew chapter 14, let's turn there and I'm going to just finish up here. So when you've heard and when you're acting on what you've heard, that's a great place, but it's not that that's over. Now that you've started acting on what you've heard, you have to learn to continue to stand and fear not. Fear is the greatest enemy of faith is, is fear. So you have to keep holding on to what you know God told you and keep standing no matter what the situation out here looks like. Continue to stand on that word. And I'm going to give you this great example in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 31. And I'm going to just, for my next sake, I'm going to just read it from my Bible. <laughs> Everybody doing okay? This is all right? This is help? Okay. Verse 22, this is right after Jesus finished feeding the 5,000. It says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, Don't be afraid. Can we say that together? Don't be afraid. Take courage, I'm here. Now, I, I love this part right here. Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Do you realize that what Peter just asked? Like... If you think about it for a sec, okay, you're on this waves. Everybody, let's just wave it up a little bit. Oh, crazy storm is coming. Can you feel the waves? Can you feel the water just splashing you? And everything's going nuts. And, and all these guys are screaming, what's going on? And all of a sudden, they see somebody walking toward them. It's a ghost! They're freaking out, right? What happens? Jesus said, fear not, or don't be afraid. It's me. Take courage. Oh, okay. Lord, if that's you, tell me to come. <laughs> if you think about that for a sec, Peter is asking to operate in the supernatural. Supernatural. Walking on water. I know we know this story before, but anybody ever try walking on water before? Okay, don't be it. Let me try walking on. How do you just try it the other day? Yeah, okay, I was at the pool the other day. I just tried it. It wasn't supernatural, I'll tell you that. But Jesus is walking on this water, and now Peter calls out to him, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come. Well, what is Jesus going to say? Oh, no, 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 no. Just, just sit. It's kind of wet out here. Don't. Just, just sit. But if you think, man, Jesus, of course, the invitation was, 
come. Faith comes how? Hearing. Hearing by the word of God. And then what's the result? You have to now do some action to it. Now looking again, look at verse 29. Jesus, I love that. Yes, come, Jesus said. Now up to that time, until G or Peter heard the word come, he could not go out of the boat. If he did, he would have sank. What did he need? What was he waiting for? What did he have to have in order to do something? He needed to hear something. What did Jesus, what did he hear? He heard, come. So, I love this. So what did Peter do? Peter went out over the side of the boat and notice this, and he walked on the water. You don't actually start seeing power until you take the step. Now just that word come, all of a sudden the power wasn't just there. It requires your and my participating with the word we just heard. The moment you hear that word, what's going to happen? I believe Peter was walking on that word. There was something between Peter's foot and that water, and it was the power of God that said, come, right there. Yeah. So whatever he's told you to do, do it. Because the power is there. The ability to do what he told you is there. Now look at this, verse 30. But now, all, I mean, all, all of this is so good. And I think, I mean, at that time, just imagine Peter for a moment. He heard, he hears, come. Hey, disciples, check this out. Peter's got it, baby. I, I mean, I would be boasting. Look at what I'm doing. But all of a sudden, there's something, everything's going great. Until what? Until verse 30, right? So we had, you had the period to verse 30 that everything's going hunky-dory. And at verse 30, but when Peter saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Now, I want to just comment on here for a moment, but this is not anything to do with the message, but I'll throw it in here. Everybody's got choking points in their walk with the Lord. And where your choking point is, is the moment where fear comes in. People, it's different levels for everyone. I mean, I remember when the Lord told me, this was a little while ago now, the Lord told me I wanted to, He wanted me to give a substantial offering to a, to a ministry because I believed in what they were doing. He asked me to do that. It was a bit of a choking point for me. Uh, but that's a big number. I did it. Thank God I did it because I learned a cool lesson. But that just broke me past that choking point. Yeah. Right here, this night, we actually see Peter's choking point. He's walking on water. Now, that's good, isn't it? But when he saw the wind, I mean, go back to verse 30 again for a second. I'll read it in my Bible. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. The moment that fear got in is the moment he let go of his faith of what he heard and what he was doing because this distraction came in and overwhelmed him and he began to sink. In the presence of Jesus. In the presence of God, right there on the water with him, he still fell. Why? Because he allowed fear in. You can't stop fear from coming at you, but you can definitely stop fear from getting in you. Yeah. you got to stop that. The moment that came in, I remember even just when, when uh, Jace, my oldest boy, was a little bit younger, had a lot more breathing issues. Man, he would have a little bit of, a, of an attack where he just woke up not able to breathe. The first thing, you can just notice, the first thing that tries to get in is fear. It's the first thing that comes in. And I remember even over time, it just, it comes in. And what it says about, and Jesus said that when fear tries to creep, it chokes the word. Right? And all of a sudden you're looking for scriptures. By, you know, zebra, God! You're just looking for something to just spout off. And I couldn't find nothing. Why? Because fear just chokes the word. It takes it right out of you. Completely just robs it. So this is the same way. You cannot allow fear to settle in. Because again, as I said, fear is the greatest enemy of faith. The enemy is afraid of the power of God. So the enemy works to get our attention off of what we've heard. And he tries to distract. The devil is afraid of the anointing because if that anointing gets released, his yoke will be destroyed. Satan cannot stop the power that you have. He can't. So what does he do? He goes after your hearing, your faith, what you've heard and what you're doing by using his only tool called fear. This is all he's got. And if you can, if you can see that, man, you can stop fear, right? And no, 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 no. Fear not. I refuse to fear. 
Right? So when did Peter start sinking? He started sinking the moment he got his eyes off of the Lord. He got his eyes off of the word come. And what happened? Verse 38 goes again. It says, he began to sink when he saw the waves. So I just want to encourage you. Well, again, I'll just fill this just off. But how do you get past the measure that you may be at? How do I break past? Okay, this is my choking point. Where, where do I continue to go forward? Cut off fear. It's easier said than done. But you cut it off. You don't feed it. Instead, you go back. All of a sudden, you're stepping out. This is what God told me. I'm stepping out, acting on that behalf. All of a sudden, all these things are coming at you and circumstances are looking contrary to what He told you. How is this going to happen? You hold fast to what He told you and you talk to fear. You can't just, oh, you know, be nice with it. No, you can't fight fear with just thinking about, I'm not going to fear, I'm not going to fear. You have to speak to it. I refuse to fear. Say it with me. I refuse to fear. You got to start speaking to that thing. Because why? It's talking to you. How's it come? It comes in this, in storm like. It comes with crazy waves. It comes with crazy winds coming at you. For me, when I was dealing with Jace, it was coming at situations, circumstances. You know, doctors saying certain things to me. Jace acting a certain way. All these things were coming at me. My choice was, I remember Jamie and I, we grabbed hands. We refuse to fear about this. Because what's the battle? My battle is not fighting the cough. The, un the, the horrible breathing problems. That's not my fight. My fight is to hold on to what he told me. What did he told me? He told me that this, he gave me Romans 8.11 for Jace, that the same spirit that dwells, that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of him, and I'm quickening his mortal body. I had to hold on to that. Any time an attack was trying to come, I'd say, oh, no, 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 no. I know what you're trying to do. I refuse to fear. I refuse to allow your little wave or your wind trying to come on me. My God told me that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in him. And Holy Spirit, you are quickening that mortal body. Yeah. And what did we do? We just hold on to that regardless of what was happening. Is that easy? Naturally? No. But that's what you got to do. This is the fight. Anytime you fear, fear coming in, you feel fear coming in, know that you're in a battle. Just automatically go there. <laughs> fear not. And then what do we do? For myself, I continually feed my faith. How do you feed my faith? How do you feed it? What do you do? You go back to the Word. Faith comes how? By hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. Right? Okay. Um, I mean, if you just think about it for a moment, this is the last thing I want to just say, and that's it. No, there's two more things I want to say. If you just thought about it for a moment, what would your life, your home, your ministry, your relationship looks like if there was no fear? <laughs> no more fear of what other people thought about you. I mean, happiness and joy, it will never be found in another person's head. <laughs> so if you, if, just imagine if you were totally fear-free, what would it look like? What would you do? I mean, if God told you to do something, what? Like just, I want you, you got to start thinking this way. What, get a vision of this. What would my life look like if I had zero fear going on? And then the last thing is, you know, because when you give place to fear, you're actually giving place to the enemy. And in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul, I'm just going to turn there for the last verse, then I'm done. But Paul said this in Ephesians uh, 4, I believe. Um, verse 20. Where is that? Give no place to the devil. Where is that, y'all? 426? 27? Ephesians 427. If you actually do the study of this in the Greek, there's there would be exclamation points all over the place. Give him no place. Can we say that together? Give him no place. Give him absolutely nothing. Give that punk nothing. He deserves not even a single bit of attention. He is a defeated loser. All he can do is to distract you off of the word that you've heard. So I want to encourage you, if the Lord has spoken to you this year, I mean, for us as a church family, God gave us these words of moving forward. Now, I don't know about you, but I've seen some setbacks. There's been some things that have come against the progress we're trying to make. But I'm determined to hold on to what God has said. 
He told us, moving forward as a church family, I mean, you maybe have some personal words that the Lord said to you, but let me encourage you, hold on to those words, regardless of what happens out here, and determine that this is going to happen. Lord, what do I need? Is there anything that I need to do? What kind of steps do I need to take? Follow Him in it, and He will lead you, and refuse to fear. Refuse it. Remember with the J. Iris. Remember his daughter is almost dead. The, his, some people came to him and said, Hey, no bother, don't bother Jesus anymore. Your daughter is dead. Jesus overhearing, he turned and he said, Fear not. Why? Because the moment you give place to fear, the enemy's now got a foothold in you. He's able to have access and he's able to screw up what God wants to do in your life. So you have got to refuse to fear. Don't allow it in. Do not allow it in. I'm just checking my heart here a little bit. No fear here. Can we just pray for a, little, for a moment? Let's just, the Father, we just love you. We thank you. Hello again. Thanks for listening. If you live in the central Alberta region of Canada, we would love for you to stop by and hear one of our weekend messages. For any directions, service times, or more information on our children's programming, you can visit us at impactlife.ca. That's impactlife.ca.